Good morning, everyone. Glad you're here this morning. I've seen some new people that I met this morning. I've seen some familiar faces, some people that have just returning first time in a while. It's great to have all of you here. And to our online crew that are watching from wherever, your bathroom, your bedroom, wherever, just glad you're, you're tuning in. This uh, virtual community and this live in-person community, it all makes up Friends Church, a very big, big part of, of who we are and what we do, is the people. And uh, in fact, I want to transition into something this morning that's really about you. It's about the people that are here, especially this morning. We're going to do a coffee break. And um, I, I just want to explain a little bit about this. It's, if, so if you've just joined us pre-pandemic or post-pandemic or mid-pandemic, you wouldn't know that this has been kind of part of what we call our Sunday morning liturgy every now and then. We just kind of break things up. We take a break. We, people can go back, reload their coffee. If they didn't grab one on the front end, they can go and grab it. Or you can just sit, turn around, mix and mingle with someone beside you, maybe have a little conversation. Um, for some people that are maybe more introverted, they're going, mm, ah, I don't really feel like talking to anyone. That's cool, too. We're not here to push anyone on you. You can just sit, and if someone starts looking like they might come over to you, you can just look down. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's okay, too, right? Um, we've learned something. Loneliness, and they're talking about this more and more. Loneliness is da- more dangerous for our bodies and our well-being than smoking. This connection that we got going, that we're encouraging Sunday mornings, is incredibly valuable, probably more than we've ever realized at any given time. But French Church is one of those interesting places. Often people say, well, I don't really know the people around me, or I don't know if they are kind of into the things I'm, I'm into. The thing that we we push here at Friends Church is this beautiful thing called unique spirituality, where you don't have to think and act and talk and believe politically, economically, spiritually like the next person in order to be able to con- connect relationally and respect and, 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 and communicate in dignified ways. That's what we're about here. Because I'm telling you, in this room right here, there are a lot of different people on all spectrums from, from very conservative Christian backgrounds people have come from and hold beliefs to people that are over here that are want nothing to do with spiritual belief, but believe in humanitarian work and making a difference in the world. Not sure what to believe over here. We have the full gamut and we believe that this community can be a, a beautiful place of harmony for all, where you can come and you can be respected no matter where you're coming from. You can look the eye, into the eyes of the next person and know that you're as valuable part here as the next. So that's what we want to create, even in these coffee breaks. It's just a place where people can turn and chat with someone and just be genuinely curious about their journey. So anyways, I'm going to give some time for that. We're going to take a few minutes. If you want to reload, if you want to just sit, relax, music's going to play, and then we'll kick up the program and jump right back into it, all right? So have at it. Be friendly or pretend you are, okay? One way. It's good to see you being all very social. Isn't it lovely to actually talk with people? I'm getting a hell yes over here. Thank you. Welcome to Friends Church. My name is Vince. Uh, I'm glad you could come and hang out. Feel free to carry on after the service, chat some more. There is, as Jeff said, loneliness. That's a big piece of pain and suffering these days, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to take you guys in a completely different message. Um, There's this guy named Joseph Campbell who says, 
we got Joseph Campbell fan over here? Who was that? Who, who, Bryce, nice. <laughs> you know, in Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker's going along and then he meets Yoda. And Yoda's the thing that like snaps him into his new path and everything goes well after that. I had a Yoda moment. I was listening to a history podcast. I try not to ever listen to history podcasts. I don't love history. I'm sorry for you history fans over there. But I was listening to this history podcast and kind of, it was on the Bible, so then I listened. And out of nowhere, the person said this one line. And this one line hit me like a freight train. And suddenly I'm going, wait a second. That makes so much sense of the passage I want to talk about today. And it makes sense why I've had such a hard time in my spiritual journey. And the line was this. When you're reading history, if they make a law, it's because someone was breaking that law. Kind of seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? If they say thou shalt not kill, it's because people were killing people, and they're like, we need to stop this. Thou shalt, you know, honor your parents. It's because people were, you know, poking their parents in the eyes, saying, screw you, I'm not going to do what you say. When they make a law, it's because someone's transgressing that law. Keep that line in your mind, okay? We've been talking about the nation of Israel. Actually, we're just using it. The story of the nation of Israel camped on the edge of the promised land. We've talked about this in about a thousand different ways. That's the beauty of this. Every time I come at it, I ask a different question and I get a different answer. But today, they're sitting on the edge of the promised land. And remember, (laughs) there's a no vacancy sign on the promised land. They've been waiting 40 years. It's not technically 40 years. 40 in the Bible means a time of spiritual kind of wrestling, and then it's over. That's what the number usually means. So they've been in this spiritual journey to try and find salvation, to try and find a land that will be safe and good. And they're sitting on the edge of it right now, and it's not going well. It's not going well at all. And Moses, their leader, says to them this, because they're, they're kind of grumbling. They're like, ah, nothing ever works. And I think God's mad. Remember Trevor talking last week? When things aren't going well, their spirituality said God is angry. As a side note, based on what we know of their lives, God seemed to be angry at them a lot. Or at least that's how they perceived it. If you read the stories, it's just everything is they're getting kicked all the time. It's just like, and so they're sitting there and they're like, God is angry and judgmental and he just hates us. And yes, the word he there is their language. In their minds, they saw God as he. And God's angry and judgmental. And Moses says, he comes and he says, no, 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 no. I want you to believe that God is merciful. Remember that line from the beginning? You only make a law when someone's transgressing the law. It says that you're only saying God should be merciful if you don't think God is merciful in any way, shape, or form. Suddenly, you look at their lives, you're going, wow, they must have felt pretty beat up. They've traveled 40 years to try and get into this land. It's occupied. 
The people have a no vacancy sign. Screw off. We don't want you here. They're fighting battle after battle. It's not working well. The first incursion in goes poorly, very poorly. But see, in their minds, God is angry at them. And Moses comes in and says, no, 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 God's merciful. And do you guys all remember the stages of faith we've talked about? Stage two faith is this idea that I know the truth and I have it all figured out. There's certainty there. If you're a person who's in stage two, God bless you, love it. It's one of the most beautiful faiths you can have. But some of us weren't blessed with that. We came into stage three, which is asking a whole bunch of really tough questions and calling BS on a lot of what was certain in stage two. Stage two is kind of fun. You're angry all the time. (laughs) Sounds familiar? Your faith is a little bit rocky, but then there's a stage four where you start to look at faith differently because you can't do it in stage two. Now, in my stage two mind, and again, I bounce around these stages all the time. (laughs) In my stage two mind, I looked at the story and said, oh, they thought God was angry. Moses is correcting them. You are wrong. God is not angry. He's merciful. They've just been stuck in the desert for ages because God got mad at them for something little that they did. And Moses is saying to them, be merciful. And they're going, like, have you not been paying attention to the last 40 years? We've been punished for 40 years. And you want us to think of God as merciful? Growing up, how did you see God? Just go back. Was it a he? Was it a she? Was it a they? Was God a loving father, a loving mother, a spirit? Was God close in your heart or far away? When you grew up, how did you conceive of God? Was it the Simpsons model? You know, the old man in the sky with the beard? Why the beard? I don't understand the beard. But whatever, God always has the beard. What was your view of God? And here's the more important question. How helpful has that view been in your life? The nation of Israel grew up with this idea that God is angry and judgmental. Could you imagine how that would have affected them? Thinking that there's some entity in the universe that's constantly angry, constantly looking at them going, wait, you screwed up. No, no, I saw that. Okay, that's it, another 40 years, another 40 years in the desert. Wouldn't that be crushing? And yet... If you grew up with a conception of God, maybe it's a different one. Maybe it's one that said, God doesn't love you 
if you're a certain kind of person or if you behave a certain way. For me, my conception of God that I grew up with was an interesting one. It was God was a healer. It was a beautiful idea until it broke. You see, I was 11 years old and me and my dad were running across the yard. We were at the neighbors. We were, my dad was probably mid-40s. And he does that thing that dads do to their little boys. He looks at me and says, let's race. And then he was gone. I'm like 10 years old, just huffing it, trying to keep up with him. You know, big smile on my face. I'm racing my dad across the yard. I'm not sure why that is so fun, but it was just like incredible. Until our little dog, Tippy, who thought everyone running was chasing it, and the dog lived to be chased, decided that he, she couldn't quite figure out why she's at the back if she's being chased. So she was like, I need to get to the front so you guys are chasing me, and then this will make sense to me. And so she runs up behind my dad to pass us all, and she clips my dad's foot in the back. Just the smallest amount. And he loses his balance, and he drives his knee into the ground. Everywhere around where he hit was tilled and soft and black. But his knee hit a rock about this big. That was the last time I ever knew my dad healthy. That rock destroyed his cartilage. They fixed that, then he tore a tendon off the inside of his finger. He was off work for a year, his hand casted. And during the same time, he had some sort of problem go internally. It was so excruciating that I would watch my dad take Tylenol by the handful every morning. You know the thing on the bottle says two every four hours? In his world, that was a metaphor. So much pain that twice they cut him open just to see what they could find what was wrong. I remember one Christmas, us coming home to celebrate Christmas. And my dad was still at the hospital and my mom was like trying to make it beautiful because... She thought he was going to die that night. And that was going to be the last Christmas we had with a dad. How the hell do you deal with that when you believe in a God that heals? I remember so many times growing up, sitting in a church just praying, like, God, please Please, please, I will do anything. Just heal him. Our tradition had this idea that said, if you're sick, you can go to the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil. Twice my dad went. He was never healed. What do you do when your belief in God and your world God loves me and yet now I'm alone 
God's going to be with me forever, and yet now I'm rejected by the very thing I believed in. What do you do when your life and the world? A friend of mine came to me the other day. He's like, I'm reading World War II history, and I'm listening, reading about these Germans whose job was it to kill Jews. Day after day, they would go into the field and kill Jews. Where in the hell is God with all this? What do you do when your view of God and your world hit and they don't go together? For me, something broke. I'd like to say I became an atheist. It it didn't work that way because I was so steeped in the tradition that not believing in the existence of something more didn't make sense to me. But the more that I believed in, I wanted nothing to do with. I was like, screw that. I reject you with everything in my heart. Screw everything. What do you do when your world and your belief in God don't line up? I became a functional atheist. Wanted nothing to do with that. The nation of Israel are sitting there and going, okay, you want us to believe in a God of mercy. Have you been here the last 40 years? Yet, What do you do when your faith and your world collide? At first I thought, okay, maybe the problem was, and I'm, this is stage two, right? I'm trying to think of one right answer. Maybe the problem was my conception of God as healer was the problem, right? I just need to think of God as merciful. And all this pain and suffering goes away. I always like the stage two answer. It's nice and easy. It doesn't work very well, for me anyways. Because at some point, I won't feel the mercy. And then it will break again. So what is Moses doing here? Why is he telling them to believe in a merciful God when the world around them clearly shows them there is no mercy here? What do you do when you say, hey, I believe in a God that's all powerful and yet there's evil happening all around me? What do you do when you believe in a God that heals and the people you love aren't healed? I spent some time sitting with this. And I was reading through the stories of Moses and I went back to some of the earlier stories in his life. And he has a story that I think helps us understand this moment. It's a story about him walking in a spiritual place. I always think of it in the mountains. The mountains are always kind of spiritual. You know, grand, I'm very small, feel something there. He's walking And it's almost like he's looking for God. He's picked this place to go. And he's looking this way, but out of the corner of his eye, he sees something else. It's a bush on fire. But it's not just that. It's a bush on fire, and the wood's not being consumed. Think of how much you would have to pay attention if you saw that. Okay, there's a fire. There's a forest fire. Before I run for my very life here, I'm just going to look over there and be like, hey, how much wood is burning? 
It's a very strange moment. What struck me, though, is that line. He turned his head to look at it. Remember in the beginning? You only make a rule if you're breaking the rule. Often you only say something is happening when you're not doing that. He's looking for God here, and he sees God here. At first I thought, oh, it's the same thing, right? God is angry and judgmental. Oh, no, we're supposed to change our mind to merciful. But the story doesn't go that way. The story reads differently. And the way I want to show it to you, I want to show you something profoundly spiritual. It's this image. FedEx. Anyone know FedEx? Anyone here work for FedEx? Usually I have someone who works for FedEx. Okay, I want you all just to take a look at this for a minute and tell me what you see. Just yell it out. Purple and orange, I like that. What else? Ah, smarty pants. Can you see it? Go to the next slide for me. Between the E and the X. Some designer probably spent like a million hours designing this to put the arrow because FedEx takes you from here to there, huh? Super clever, right? In uh, art speak, that's called negative. It's not that one image goes away for the other image to be there. It's they're happening at the same time. And suddenly I wondered, is Moses doing that very thing in his spiritual journey? I interpreted it as he's looking for God over here. God is not over there. God is over here at the burning bush. But what if the burning bush is the negative space? He's seeing God in the very place he's looking, but he's looking in a new way. He's kind of opened his eyes wider, and all of a sudden he can see, okay, I got the FedEx still, but now I can also see the arrow. Could it be that what's going on for him is he's seeing the arrow as the burning bush? The story goes on and says, a messenger from God spoke out of the burning bush. And then the next sentence, it says, that was God. It's almost like what he's saying is, he's looking at that and he keeps looking at it in new ways. Wait, wait, wait. That was my friend saying, you know, hey, I hear your dad's sick. Can we help? Here's some food. It's somebody saying, hey, we have some money for you because I know you're struggling. It's, we were looking for God, the healer, and instead what we're seeing is something completely new. As long as we can widen our eyes. Now sit with your first views of God. What did God look like? That's the FedEx logo. Now widen your eyes. Not literally, metaphorically. Can you see God in new places? Could you see God in the music today? Could you see God in the sound of the music? 
Could you see God in the faces of the people you talk to? I was thinking about my childhood and going, I rejected God as healer and so I threw the whole thing away, but, but I grew up in this, I grew up on an acreage and we'd sit on the deck and we had these big uh, poplar trees that would rustle their leaves. In the evening we could hear them rustling and there was this, just this sense that all was well in the world. My dad was so sick. We still had no money. But there's something in that sound, the rustling of the leaves, this wind that was coming from all over the world. On hot summer days, we didn't have mountains like we have here, but we'd have these thunder clouds. They'd start like late in the afternoon, hot and muggy, and they'd just build and build and build until you're looking going, holy crap, like miles and miles high. And then the top of the thing would start to blow over, and you're like, oh my goodness. That first thunder crack would just shake the foundations of the house. You could feel it in your bodies, and you're like, I suddenly feel very, very small. To me, that always feels kind of spiritual. I think of my life as this, oh, my, it's all about Vince until the thunder cracks and suddenly I feel very, very small. Like, I could die any second now. Where is the burning bush for you? Do you see it in the coincidences of the world? Ashley, our kid's pastor downstairs, she's incredible. Whenever something goes good, she's like, that's the divine right there. I'm always like, Really? But for her, that's the burning bush. It's the negative space. Now in stage four, what we do is we don't try and go, is God angry or judgmental or merciful? That's stage two and three. It's certain we have a single idea. In stage four, what we do is we say, judgmental and angry and merciful. And you start to realize that the conception of the divine holds all of it. It's the strike of thunder and the silence after. It's being healed and also the profound clarity of illness. All of it feels divine. Or maybe I should say it this way, we look for the divine in all of it. And here's why. When you have a single conception, what happens when something runs afoul of that? What happens if your conception is God is healer and no one's healed? What do you do? When you have a single conception of God, you're kind of locked in a way of seeing the world. But what happens when it doesn't fit with the world? What do you do? Stage four says, no, no, you hold it all at the same time. You hold all of this at the same time. You hold the divine is all things. And that gives you freedom. Now, it's harder. I told you, stage two, if you can do stage two, it is an easier, beautiful way of doing this. But if for whatever reason you don't fit that way, 
this is the other way you can do it. You can see God everywhere. In the good, in the bad. In the divine, in the profane. In the transcendent, in the imminent. In the healing and in the illness. As you sit today, take that conception of God you were born or you grew up with and just try and open your eyes a little wider. What else is there that you could connect into? Could it be that a God that loves you when you don't fit? Could it be the divine dance of science? Any scientists out there? Isn't there times when you see how the world all goes together and you just blows your mind and you think there's gotta be something miraculous about the synchronicity of this world? You can see the design, divine anywhere. And that, for us in stage four, creates freedom. We are free to see you differently. Nation of Israel saw God as only angry and only judgmental. I think Moses has invited him to say, what if you also saw mercy? I saw God as a healer and I rejected that because I couldn't deal with it in my life. And now I see God as healer and more. Sometimes the healer is the surgeon who tucks, cuts the person open and takes out the tumor. Sometimes it's the immune system. Sometimes it's a friend coming over with a meal to say, I'm so sorry, you're sick. If you were free to see God differently, what would you bring in? Not reject one to get something new, but in addition to. That's what I'm gonna leave you with today. Open your mind, open your eyes, and maybe open your heart to see God differently. To see God in a way that works for you. Amen. Thank you for being with us here today. My name is Emily. I'm part of the charitable giving team here at Friends Church. Um, the first thing that I want to do is thank you for continuing to financially support what we do here at Friends Church. Um, in the sort of life cycle of giving throughout the year, we always see some ebb and flow um, to our regular donations. And right now is one of those times when things are taking a little bit of a dip. Um, perhaps people, uh, for whatever reason, have circumstances in their lives where they've had to stop giving. Um, other people, maybe they've um, you know, had a pre-authorized giving set up that perhaps has lapsed or things have changed. And I just want to encourage you, um, if you are able to contribute to Friends Church to help us continue to do what it is that we do here, I would ask that you would take a look at some of those things that maybe you've set it and forget it with a pre-authorized giving, which is such a wonderful thing for us to be able to do. Um, but maybe it's time to take a little bit of a look at that and see if that's something that um, you either need to 
start doing again or perhaps increase. If you've never given to Friends Church and you enjoy being part of this community and you want to um, kind of add that extra bit of engagement into you, uh, the way that you are in our community here, we would love for you to be uh, one of our financial donors as well. So just a little note to ask you to, you know, continue please being faithful with that and also if you are able to, to take a look at it and see if that's something that you could either start or add on to. I hope you enjoyed the coffee and the connection today. I am a huge coffee fan, so that always makes me very happy when there's extra caffeine around. Um, and we actually have a couple other connection opportunities for you right after the service here today as well. We have our discussion group that's happening in the library immediately after the service. That's open to absolutely anyone. If you want to process um, anything that kind of came up for you during the message today, anything that's going on um, in, you know, in your life that's kind of interacting in your spirituality, you want to have a chat about that you can meet us in the library just down the hall for discussion group um, the other thing that we have happening today is our full circle women's group um, I believe it's Diane I don't know Diane are you here there she is Diane just uh, kind of raised her hands in the air so Diane is actually going to be um, kind of guiding a group of women um, in our full circle women's group and they're going to monogram coffee um, which you know huge fan of the coffee and they make great coffee there so two wonderful reasons to join them um, and just connect uh, with a, another group of, of like-minded people so thank you very much for being with us today I hope you take advantage of, of one of the many connection opportunities that we have and enjoy the rest of your Sunday